BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not with 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we're going to rejoin the hearing uh, in progress. We want to make this very clear to you. We've got a DVR going. Uh, Commercial break, anything like that. If anything big happens, we will air it for you with our commentary. And leave out the blah, blah, blah that's not terribly interesting. And leave out the blah, blah, blah. I mean, we're just assuming that that's what we're offering to you. That's what you want because you can get the full thing anywhere. I mean, let's be honest. It's it's everywhere today. So let's jump back into it right now. Dianne Feinstein just went through the whole Anita Hill thing and what a big deal that was. Getting to the point Joe made that they're going to make this all about righting the wrongs of history. And she's also griping about the process, the scheduling of the hearing, that sort of thing. Back to Dianne Feinstein. In 1991, the Senate heard from 22 witnesses over three days. Today, while rejecting an FBI investigation, Republicans are refusing to hear testimony from any other witness, including Mark Judge, who Dr. Ford identified as being in the room when the attack took place. And we believe Judge should be subpoenaed so the committee can hear from him directly. Republicans have also 
refused to call anyone who could speak to the evidence that would support or refute Dr. Ford's claim. I think Di Fine and Grassley are going to fight witness, at some point. That's going to be exciting. Um, could address credibility well, they're, they're the only possible witness is Judge, and he's on the record saying, I wasn't there, I have no idea what she's talking about. But, but Grassley said Feinstein handled this in a shabby way, and her people let the name out. Feinstein right. said, no, that didn't happen, and you're not allowing witnesses. So it's pretty, it's pretty not bipartisan so far. Yeah, the whole I, civility thing kind of dropped pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, I wonder very, how many eyes are glazing over at this bitching at each other. I don't know, but I mean, there's there's no there's no As coming at it to together. Hearing. Well, right. Oh no, 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 absolutely not. So uh, we'll be back with uh, anything exciting that happens coming up, including Doctor Ford's uh, testimony, of oh, course. Absolutely, every drone and oldsters, every bit of the testimony from the uh, the allegedly alleged victim on the Armstrong and Getty Show. There's a common. Th- Okay, so we're going to jump into Diane Feinstein, who's getting into the drinking behavior already of uh, Kavanaugh when he was a high school kid. And then we're going to roll for a good long time with this. And we are moments away from Ford talking, so here we go. That was when, quote, he became aggressive and belligerent, end quote, when he was drunk. Liz Swisher, a friend of his from Yale, said, and I quote, there's no medical way... I can say that he was blacked out, but it's not credible for him to say that he has no memory lapses in the nights that he drank to excess. I would get hammered in college, hammered, and there may have even been marijuana on the scene. I could give you a point-by-point detail of what happened the previous night. It's just the way my memory works. I take no credit for it, but I never forgot what happened. Never. I know lots of people who party really hard who don't ever have blackouts. I know people who party a little and have blackouts. Me, that, so yeah. you can't make an assumption either nope, way. No, nope, no. Nope. Here we go. Brooks, a college classmate, said the picture Kavanaugh is trying to paint doesn't match her memories of him. And I quote, he's trying to paint himself as some kind of choir boy. You can't lie your way onto the Supreme Court. And with that statement... Oh, my God! That's a hell of a thing to say! That some chick said? That's a hell of a thing to say. You can't lie your way onto the Supreme Court. And that the difference is you either have, you either admit you were blacked out drunk all the time in high school, or you're claiming you're a choir boy. Those are the two options. Right. How about claiming I didn't sexually assault anybody, DiFi? That's what we're talking oh, about. Oh, boy. Out. He's gone too far. It's about the integrity of the institution, end quote. Ultimately, members and ladies and gentlemen, I really think that's the point. We're here to decide whether to evaluate this nominee to the most prestigious court in our country. It's about the integrity of that institution and the integrity of this institution. The entire country is watching. (laughs) How we handle these allegations. You're embarrassing yourself. I hope the majority changes their tactics, opens their mind, and seriously reflects on why we are here. We are here for one reason, to determine whether Judge Kavanaugh should be elevated to one of the most powerful positions in our country. This is not a trial of Dr. Ford. It's a job interview for Judge Kavanaugh. Is Brett Kavanaugh who we want? on the most prestigious court in our country. Is he the best we can do? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Yeah. 
I'm sorry you brought up about the unsubstantiated. Dude. Oh, man. Please clear your throat. Time to end seniority is the standard for who's in charge. Can we have a meritocracy, please? Dr. Ford, and we'll consider other issues uh, other times. Um, I I would like to have you rise so I can swear you. So he can swear at her? How does that help? No, you misheard. Okay. Now, do you, do you swear that the testimony you're about to give before this committee will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Thank you very much. I swear Please be seated. Before too. you give your statement, I, I want to say that uh, to everybody that she has asked uh, for uh, any time you ask for a break, uh, you get a break. Uh, anytime there's something that you need you don't have, uh, just ask us. They're, they're trying to go so far the other direction from the way Joe Biden handled it in 1991, which is yeah. fine. That's yeah. appropriate. That, but, you know, but uh, they're trying to really, really put that away. And uh, you can have as much time for your opening statement as you want. Uh, and uh, and uh, just uh, generally uh, let us know if there's any issues. Thank you, great grandpa. Proceed, please. Thank you, Senator Grassley. I think after I read my opening statement, I anticipate needing some caffeine, if that is available. Okay. Can you pull the microphone? Woman after my own heart. Opened with a bit of a humorous aside on her before she gets to her uh, guy tried to rape me story. And she's got a very cutesy, innocent-sounding voice. And I I bring that up because that's the sort of thing that's going to matter at the end of the day. That's all we have is impressions, right? So. To you, please. Okay. Uh, uh, can the whole box go a little bit closer? That's what I'm trying, Senator. No. Okay. Well, then. That's... I'll lean forward. Thank you. I could. I... Thank you. Okay. Is this good? Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you, uh, Chairman Grassley and rank- Ranking Member Feinstein, members of the committee. My name is Christine Blasey Ford. I am a professor of psychology at Palo Alto University and a research psychologist that, uh, at the Stanford University School name. of Medicine. That's interesting. I won't detail my educational background since it has already been summarized. I have been married to Russell Ford since 2002, and we have two children. I am here today not because I want to be. I am terrified. I am here because I believe it is my civic duty to tell you what happened to me while Brett Kavanaugh and I were in high school. Okay, I've got to say this. People are going to hate me for saying this. I already hate you for saying whatever you're about to say. But America is going to try to determine whether or not this is I'm actually breaking up or pretend breaking up. With a quivering voice. Oh, boy. That's that's oh that's boy. the whole deal today, right? All that's right. the whole deal. All right. Is she doing that thing where I've got to sound like I'm really broken up right now? And then she quickly gets it back together, or is she actually? I don't know. But I've described the events publicly before. I summarized them in my letter to Ranking Member Feinstein, and again in a letter to Chairman Grassley. I understand and appreciate the importance of your hearing from me directly about what happened to me and the impact that it has had on my life and on my family. I grew up in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. I attended the Holton Arms School in Bethesda, Maryland from 1978 to 1984. Holton Arms is an all-girls school that opened in 1901. During my time at the school, 
girls at Holton Arms frequently. Okay. okay, I went I'm to not- the public high school that was closest to my house. <laughs> I'm going way out on a limb here. I might get fired. I could lose my job for this. Oh, no. But I think that is 100% phony voice breaking up. I think that's 100% phony. Wow. I can barely talk. I'm so upset. That's what I think. That's just my personal opinion, well, which is all we're going I'd be terrified and dry-throated up there. I don't know. Okay. Don't Joe, know. Joe, is, Joe is more of a feeling, touching, <laughs> sort of open mind. I think that's a phony, I can barely talk. Wow. So, okay. That's just me. Friendly with boys from all boys' schools in the area, including the Landon School, Georgetown Prep, Gonzaga High School, as well as our country clubs and other places where kids and families socialized. This is how I met Brett Kavanaugh, the boy who sexually assaulted me. During my freshman and sophomore school years, when I was 14 and 15 years old, My group of friends intersected with Brett and his friends for a short period of time. I had been friendly with a classmate of Brett's for a short time during my freshman and sophomore year. And it was through that connection that I attended a number of parties that Brett also attended. We did not know each other well, but I knew him and he knew me. In the summer of 1982, like most summers, I spent most every day at the Columbia Country Club in Chevy Chase, Maryland, swimming and practicing diving. One evening that summer, after a day of diving at the club, I attended a small gathering at a house in the Bethesda area. There were four boys I remember specifically being at the house. Brett Kavanaugh, Mark Judge, a boy named PJ, and one other boy whose name I cannot recall. It's interesting. In her prepared statement, she used PJ's last name. Leland attending. I do not remember all of the details of how that gathering came together, but like many that summer, it was almost surely a spur-of-the-moment gathering. I truly wish I could be more helpful with more detailed answers to all of the questions that have and will be asked about how I got to the party and where it took place and so forth. Probably worth pointing out that all all of those people she named have said, no, I wasn't there. I don't know what she's talking about. They could be wrong. About that night that bring me here today are the ones I will never forget. They have been seared into my memory and have haunted me episodically as an adult. When I got to the small gathering, people were drinking beer in a small living room, family room type area on the first floor of the house. I drank one beer. Brett and Mark were visibly drunk. Early in the evening, I went up a very narrow set of stairs leading from the living room to a second floor to use the restroom. When I got to the top of the stairs, I was pushed from behind into a bedroom across from the bathroom. I couldn't see who pushed me. Brett and Mark came into the bedroom and locked the door behind them. There was music playing in the bedroom. It was turned up louder by either Brett or Mark once we were in the room. I was pushed onto the bed and Brett got on top of me. He began running his hands over my body and grinding into me. I yelled, hoping that someone downstairs might hear me. And I tried to get away from him, but his weight was heavy. Brett groped me and tried to take off my clothes. 
He had a hard time because he was very inebriated and because I was wearing a one-piece bathing suit underneath my clothing. I believed he was going to rape me. I tried to yell for help. When I did, Brett put his hand over my mouth to stop me from yelling. This is what terrified me the most and has had the most lasting impact on my life. It was hard for me to breathe, and I thought that Brett was accidentally going to kill me. Both Brett and Mark were drunkenly laughing during the attack. They seemed to be having a very good time. Mark seemed ambivalent, at times urging Brett on, and at times telling him to stop. A couple of times I made eye contact with Mark and thought he might try to help me, but he did not. During this assault, Mark came over and jumped on the bed twice while Brett was on top of me. And the last time that he did this, we toppled over and Brett was no longer on top of me. I was able to get up and run out of the room. Directly across from the bedroom was a small bathroom. I ran inside the bathroom and locked the door. I waited until I heard Brett and Mark leave the bedroom, laughing and loudly walk down the narrow stairway, pinballing off the walls on the way down. I waited, and when I did not hear them come back up the stairs, I left the bathroom, went down the same stairwell, through the living room, and left the house. I remember being on the street and feeling an enormous sense of relief that I had escaped that house and that Brett and Mark were not coming outside after me. Brett's assault on me drastically altered my life. For a very long time, I was too afraid and ashamed to tell anyone these details. I did not want to tell my parents that I, at age 15, was in a house without any parents present, drinking beer with boys. I convinced myself that because Brett did not rape me, I should just move on and just pretend that it didn't happen. Over the years, I told very, very few friends that I had this traumatic experience. I told my husband before we were married that I had experienced a sexual assault. I had never told the details to anyone, the specific details, until May 2012 during a couple's counseling session. The reason this came up in counseling is that my husband and I had completed a very extensive, very long remodel of our home, and I insisted on a second front door, an idea that he and others disagreed with and could not understand. In explaining why I wanted a second front door, I began to describe the assault in detail. I recall saying that the boy who assaulted me could someday be on the U.S. Supreme Court and spoke a bit about his background at an elitist all-boys school in Bethesda, Maryland. My husband recalls that I named my attacker as Brett Kavanaugh. Elitist instead of elite. That's not in After her prepared statement either. After that May 2012 therapy session, I did my best to ignore the memories of the assault because recounting them caused me to relive the experience and caused panic and anxiety. Occasionally, I would discuss the assault in an individual therapy session, but talking about it caused 
more reliving of the trauma, so I tried not to think about it or discuss it. But over the years, I went through periods where I thought about the attack. I had confided in some close friends that I had had an experience with sexual assault. Occasionally, I stated that my assailant was a prominent lawyer or judge, but I did not use his name. I do not recall each person I spoke to about Brett's assault. And some friends have reminded me of these conversations since the publication of the Washington Post story on September 16th, 2018. We are getting a lot of text about the sound of her voice. And I'm, I'm willing to pause and comment here because I think it is a big deal for today. All we've got today is who do you find most believable? Yeah. That's all we've got at the end of the day. Right. Um, right. Some of that is demeanor. A lot of it's demeanor for a lot of people. A lot of it is the laying out of the facts and how credible they seem. But well, demeanor is a big part of it. I think demeanor is 90 percent of it. Ninety seven percent of communication being nonverbal. That would be the the sound of your voice, the way the way you look. Obviously, you can't see the way they look. You know, the, the pauses, the everything. Yeah, I, and, I guess I've just known some great actors and great liars in my life. So I tend to try not to get swept up in that. A lot of people agree with me. Now, I realize y'all, uh, a lot of you have a bent toward, you know, Kavanaugh and away from the Democrats stopping. Sure. But agree with me that her her breaking up sounds phony. I think she's trying too hard to sound bothered. We got this text. What strikes me as a psychologist, we therapists believe in CBT and EMDR to move forward after these traumatic events so that you don't have the trauma anymore. She must be a terrible practitioner if after all these years she still can't talk about it without her voice breaking up. Uh, Well, uh, and I was going to point out, and this does not prove anything. No, it doesn't prove anything. But it's very strange that as a psychology professional, she would say, I just wanted to suppress it and suppress it and not deal with it because I had to relive the trauma. So for years I did that. That's the Uh, opposite of what they tell you to do. Yeah, and yeah, her that profession. just seems odd to me. But again, that doesn't prove anything. So for some of the stations, we're going to take a break. We're going to stay with it uh, here, wherever you are, I hope. Yeah, um, if you have to break because of the, you know, whatever, go ahead. We're, we're hanging with this thing. Right here on the Armstrong and Getty Show. And we will get back to the testimony of Ms. Ford. Till July 2018, I had never named Mr. Kavanaugh as my attacker outside of therapy. This changed in early July 2018, I saw press reports stating that Brett Kavanaugh was on the short list of a list of very well-qualified Supreme Court nominees. I thought it was my civic duty to relay the information I had about Mr. Kavanaugh's conduct so that those considering his nomination would know about this assault. On July 6th, I had a sense of urgency to relay the information to the Senate and the President as soon as possible before a nominee was selected. I did not know how specifically to do this. I called my congressional representative and let her receptionist know that someone on the President's shortlist had attacked me. I also sent a message to the encrypted Washington Post confidential tip line. I did not use my name, but I provided the names of Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge. I stated that Mr. Kavanaugh had assaulted me in the 1980s in Maryland. This was an extremely hard thing for me to do, but I felt that I couldn't not do it. Over the next two days, I told a couple of close friends on the beach in Aptos, California, that Mr. Kavanaugh had sexually assaulted me. I was very conflicted as to whether to speak out. 
On July 9th, I received a return phone call from the office of Congresswoman Anna Eshoo after Mr. Kavanaugh had become the nominee. I met with her staff on July 18th and with her on July 20th, describing the assault and discussing my fears about coming forward. Later, we discussed the possibility of sending a letter to Ranking Member Feinstein, who is one of my state senators, describing what occurred. My understanding is that Representative Eshoo's office delivered a copy of my letter to Senator Feinstein's office on July 30th. The letter included my name, but also a request that it be kept confidential. My hope was that providing the information confidentially would be sufficient to allow the Senate to consider Mr. Kavanaugh's serious misconduct without having to make myself, my family, or anyone's family vulnerable to the personal attacks and invasions of privacy that we have faced since my name became public. In a letter dated August 31st, Senator Feinstein wrote that she would not share the letter without my explicit consent and I appreciated this commitment. Boy, we're getting a lot of uh, sexual assault victims should be able to decide for themselves being rather harsh. Their private experiences, um, yeah, including public. women who who say at least on the text As line that they were uh, raped themselves or whatever that don't buy her voice choice. breaking. Now she could be Do overplaying the emotion because she thinks it's necessary, and it could still be true. Sure, yeah, the, the evidence is not proof. No, exactly. Or or suspicion is not proof. We're about to get into the questioning, by the way. Truth of his past behaviors. I agonized daily with this decision throughout August and September 2018. The sense of duty that originally motivated me to reach out confidentially to the Washington Post and to Anna Eshoo's office when there was still a list of extremely qualified candidates and to Senator Feinstein was always there. But my fears of the consequences of speaking out started to exponentially increase. During August 2018, the press reported that Mr. Kavanaugh's confirmation was virtually certain. Persons painted him as a champion of women's rights and empowerment. And I believed that if I came forward, my single voice would be drowned out by a chorus of powerful supporters. By the time of the confirmation hearings, I had resigned myself to remaining quiet and letting the committee in the Senate make their decision without knowing what Mr. Kavanaugh had done to me. Once the press started reporting on the existence of the letter I had sent to Senator Feinstein, I faced mounting pressure. Reporters appeared at my home and at my workplace, demanding information about the letter in the presence of my graduate students. They called my bosses and co-workers. So welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Ms. Ford is toward the end of her opening statement. We're about to get to the questioning, and she's now kind of detailing how this all came out, because that's still a mystery to a lot of people, as she wanted her name quiet, but then how did it end up coming out and all that sort of stuff. And she's getting into the... Microphone. Oh, sorry. And she's getting into the uh, the reaction and the being badgered by the press and internet threats and the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's where we will. Oh, okay. I don't know where you're all going. What we're are you doing, s- Michael? <laughs> so all right, uh, if you have to bail, we're going to bail, but we are sticking with it. Yeah. 
Um, uh, the testimony goes on most of the day on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Let's get back to Ford wrapping it up. Many, many messages making it clear that my name would inevitably be released to the media. I decided to speak out publicly to a journalist who had originally responded to the tip I had sent to the Washington Post and who had gained my trust. It was important for me to describe the details of the assault in my own words. Since September 16th, the date of the Washington Post story, I have experienced an outpouring of support from people in every state of this country. Thousands and thousands of people who have had their lives dramatically altered by sexual violence have reached out to share their experience and have thanked me for coming forward. We have received tremendous support from our friends and our community. At the same time, my greatest fears have been realized and the reality has been far worse than what I expected. My family and I have been the target of constant harassment and death threats, and I have been called the most vile and hateful names imaginable. These messages, while far fewer than the expressions of support, have been terrifying and have rocked me to my core. I'll bet that's true. We're in the public eye, and we get a lot of nasty stuff, so I'm kind of used to it. And if you've never had that before, and I'm sure she's getting just some awful, awful threats, um, it'd it'd be tough. It'd be rattling. No doubt about it. we got to be better than that, America, because Kavanaugh is going to talk about the same sort of thing later. Just stop it. Yeah, no kidding. I've posted my personal information and that of my parents online on the Internet. That's incredible. This has resulted in additional emails, calls, and threats. My family and I were forced to move out of our home. Since September 16th, Let it roll, my family and I have absolutely been visiting nothing to do with the substance of the thing. Can you put it down a little while we're talking, Michael? Together. This has nothing to do with the substance of the thing, but it absolutely goes to the absolutely disgusting level of political discourse in the country and the role of the outer, like, 3% of humanity uh, controlling the conversation, thanks to the Internet, which it was P.J. O'Rourke uh, characterized as the Internet connecting the stupidest people in the world with all the rest of the stupidest people in the world or the meanest and, and morally bankrupt. Not all the way down, Michael, just like halfway down by people on television, on Twitter. She's wrapping up and we're about to get to the media, questioning. Other media and in this body who have never met me or spoken with me. I have been accused of acting out of partisan political motives. Those who say that do not know me. I am an independent person and I am no one's pawn. My motivation in coming forward was to be helpful and to provide facts about how Mr. Kavanaugh's actions have damaged my life so that you could take into a serious consideration as you make your decision about how to proceed. It is not my responsibility to determine whether Mr. Kavanaugh deserves to sit on the Supreme Court. My responsibility is to tell you the truth. I understand that a professional prosecutor has been hired to ask me questions, and I'm committed to doing my very best to answer them. I have never been questioned by a prosecutor, and I will do my best. At the same time, because the committee members will be judging my credibility, I do hope to be able to engage directly with each of you. And at this point, I will do my best to answer your questions and would request some caffeine. <laughs> I understand that. that sounds good. She, 
We, what do you got to know to get a cup of yeah, coffee around here? We've been to many events in our lives where I'm thinking, I, you know what I want more than anything? It's a cup of coffee. She's probably assumed there'd be some coffee there. If you're a coffee drinker, you need it bad. The WAPO already characterizing her emotional testimony. Um, okay, well, you know, I, I'd the like... Fact, the fact that being on the verge of tears every single word of it was a little odd. I'd love to see the polling on that. How many people thought... Uh, what do you think, Sean? Uh, I think she has a bit of a vocal fry as a default setting. Could be. Um, so I think a lot of the things that people kind of thought were her breaking up was just her natural... Palo Alto psychology, you know, a uh, high-level degree. Enough Probab- said. Probably does vocal fry. Enough that said. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And that but, may be what it is. But the times when she choked up, I thought it was legit. Okay. Um, we'll get to the questioning. That would be great. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, before I use my five minutes of questioning... I'd try to remind my colleagues, and in this case, Miss Mitchell as well, that uh, uh, the five what? minutes, uh, the way I traditionally have done, if you ask a question uh, before your time runs out, and even though you go over your time, as long as you aren't filibustering, uh, I, I'll let you ask your question. And I'm going to make sure that both uh, Dr. Ford and uh, uh, Dr. Ford and Judge Kavanaugh, uh, as chairman of the committee, I know that they're going to get a chance to answer the questions fully uh, beyond that five minutes. But when that uh, can we when, fast uh, forward or something, Dr. Ford or Judge Kavanaugh? God, he's uh, he's come on, Granddad. I can't believe he's running this. You thing. know, with so all due respect, that, uh, I don't. That that will be great advertisement a, uh, for term limits. <laughs> and, uh, Dr. Wow, Dr. here we go. First question. I'm told that you want to break right now, and if you do, that's fine. I'm okay. I got the coffee. Thank you very much. I think I can proceed and sip no, on the coffee. Nobody can mix up my coffee right, so I. <laughs> Turn it up, Very fortunate. <clears throat> uh, so now, uh, with that, uh, uh, Miss Mitchell, uh, you have. Welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So we're with the first question with the chair of the committee, a rambling old man named Chuck Grassley, who I'm sure is a very fine gentleman, but uh, long and... He's just so far past his prime, it really ought to be turned over to somebody who's got it more on the ball. But we're about to get the professional questioner who's pinch hitting for the Republicans, so it's not a bunch of old men asking an alleged uh, victim of sexual assault questions. Here we go. My five minutes to ask questions. Sure. Good morning, Dr. Ford. Hi. We haven't met. My name is Rachel Mitchell. Nice to meet you. I just wanted to tell you the the first thing that struck me from your statement this morning was that you were terrified. And I just wanted to let you know I'm very sorry. Um, That's not right. Um, I know this is stressful. And so I would like to set forth some guidelines that maybe will alleviate that a little bit. Um, If I ask you a question that you don't understand... Please ask me to clarify it or ask it in a different way. When I ask questions, sometimes I'll refer back to other information you've provided. If I do that and I get it wrong, please correct me. Okay. I'm not going to ask you to guess. I know it was a long time ago. If you do estimate, please let me know that you're estimating. Okay? Fair. Okay. 
We've put before you, and I'm sure you have copies of them anyway, five pieces of information, and I wanted to go over them. Um, the first is a screenshot of a WhatsApp texting between you and somebody at the Washington Post. Do you have that in front of you? Yes. Um, the first two texts were sent by you on July 6th. Is that correct? Correct. And then the last one sent by you was on July 10th? Correct. Okay. Um, are those three comments accurate? I will read them. Take your time. Yes. Take your time. So there's one correction. Okay. Um, I've misused the word bystander as an adjective. Okay. Bystander means someone that is looking at an assault, and, and uh, the person named PJ was not a, technically a bystander. I was writing very quickly with a sense of urgency, so I would not call him a bystander. He was downstairs, and you know what I remember of him was he was a, a tall and very nice person. I didn't know him well, but that he was downstairs, not anywhere near the event. Okay. Thank you. So I'd like to take that word out if it's possible. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, the She's taking a very genial and, and, and jolly uh, approach to this, the, the questioner. July 30th of this year. Yes. Uh, did you write the letter yourself? I did. And uh, I, since it's dated July 30th, did you write it on that date? I believe so. I, I, it sounds right. I was in Rehoboth, Delaware at the time. Um, I could look into my calendar and try to figure that out. Um, it, was it written it seemed, on or about that day? Yes, yes. I traveled, I think, the 26th of July to Rehoboth, Delaware. So that makes sense because I wrote it from there. Okay. Is the letter accurate? I'll take a minute to read okay. it. So I'll, I'll, I can read fast. Take your time. Okay. This is a really interesting interesting process they're going through here. Trying to get her to reaffirm that the stuff she's already written and submitted is uh, is the straight scoop. So she's just sitting and reading to herself yeah. to make sure what that she's it's already correct. written. Yeah. yeah. You'd have thought somebody would have told her to go over that ahead of time yeah, or something well, or yeah. whatever. Maybe Chuck Grassley can call out some bingo numbers while they're doing this. That's disrespectful. He's used to it. Pass out some hard candies. <laughs> right. Um, uh, yeah, we were looking through the some some major journalists who were saying this is a weird, weird format they've got going here. Should we skip ahead? Why not? Areas that I'd like go. to address. Okay. Uh, in the second paragraph. This is weird. Yeah. Where it says this, the assault occurred in a suburban Maryland area home. Yes. Um, at a gathering that included me and four others. I can't guarantee that there weren't a few other people there, but they are not in um, in my purview of my memory. Would it be fair to say there were at least four others? Yes. Okay. Yeah, right. What's the second correction? Oh, okay. The next sentence begins with, Kavanaugh physically pushed me into the bedroom. I would say I can't promise that Mark Judge didn't assist with that. I don't know. It was pushed from behind, so I don't want to put that solely on him. I don't him. know how you know. Okay. Well, maybe okay. she does. Ms. Mitchell, I don't know whether this is fair for me to interrupt, but I want to keep people within five minutes. Is that, a, is that a major problem for you in the middle of a question? 
because I don't. Uh, we- so, so what he's saying is you had five minutes and this has been like 10 minutes of going over. What does the word bystander mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, on the other hand, there can be continuity as it goes on. Uh, using each of the Republican senators' time, and so she's laying a little groundwork. I agree with the old man. Ask a question. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I've got to he treat everybody surprised. the same. Yeah. I understand that. Uh, and can I go to Senator Feinstein? Or your you time's know? up, lady. Yes, sir. I, I'm sorry. I didn't see the okay. light was red. Please Senator do. Senator Feinstein. <clears throat> I didn't get the no, that woman's new to this process, but what he's right. saying is, look, you get five minutes, your five minutes is up, and you never ask a question, so we're moving on to Feinstein. Right. Well, she'll have many yeah. five yeah. minutes. Okay. Yeah. I see. So I see. Okay. Fast. Yeah. Okay. When she comes to the she'll back, and she'll ask you the other For the benefit Dr. Ford, I think she'll continue that after the five minutes here. Okay. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to begin by putting some letters in the record. Without objection, sir. Thank you. If you want to tell me. 140 letters from friends and neighbors of the witness and a thousand female physicians across the country. Those are what the letters are. Uh, Do you have any idea what the thousand physicians is? No. No. Okay. I want to thank this. you very much for your testimony. I have read exhaustively on the topic. I know how very, very hard it is. Um, why, why have you held it to yourself all these years? As you look back, can you indicate what the reasons are? You know, this is a funny line of questioning because well, I think most of us who consider ha- ourselves at all enlightened. Um, and you can roll probably, but all these years I did disclose it in the, in the confines of think this is material, therapy where do. I felt like it was an appropriate place right. to cope with the sequelae of the event. Well, can you tell us what impact the events had on you? Um, well, I think that the sequelae of sexual assault varies by person. So for me personally, uh, anxiety, phobia, and PTSD like symptoms are the types of things that I've been coping with. So um, more specifically, claustrophobia, panic, and that type of thing. Is that the reason for the second door, front door? Correct. Is claustrophobia? Correct, it doesn't, our house does not look aesthetically pleasing from the curb. I see. And do you have that second front door? Yes. It's, it, it, and and yes. it now is a place to host Google interns because we live near Google. So we get to ah, have ah. and other students can live. Can you tell us, is there any other way this has affected your life? Um, the primary impact was in the initial four years after the event. Um, I struggled academically. I struggled very much in Chapel Hill and in college. Uh, When I was 17 and went off to college, I had a very hard time, um, more so than others, uh, forming new friendships and uh, especially friendships with with boys. Uh, And I had academic problems. What were the con when when we spoke, and it became very clear how deeply you felt about this and the need that you wanted to remain confidential? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So I was watching carefully throughout the summer 
Well, my original intent, I just want to remind, was to communicate with everyone when there was still a list of candidates who all seemed to be, just from my perspective, from what I could read, equally qualified. And I was in a hurry to try to get the information forward, but didn't quite know how to do that. However, once he was selected and it seemed like he was popular and that the, it was an, a sure vote, I was calculating daily the, the risk benefit for me of coming forward and wondering whether I would just be jumping in front of a train that was headed to where it was headed anyway and that I would just be personally annihilated. How did you decide to come forward? Uh, ultimately because reporters were sitting outside of my home and trying to talk to my dog through the window um, to calm the dog down and a reporter appeared in my graduate classroom and I mistook her for a student and she came up to ask me a question and I thought that she was a student and it turned out that she was a reporter so at that point I felt like enough was enough People were calling my colleagues at Stanford and leaving messages on their voicemails and on their email saying that they knew my name. Clearly people knew my address because they were out in front of my house. And it just, the mounting pressure, it seemed like it was time to just uh, say I what I needed to say. I'm sorry. I want to ask you one question about the attack itself. Um, you are very clear about the attack, being pushed into the room. You say you don't know quite by whom, uh, but that it was Brett Kavanaugh that covered your mouth to prevent you from screaming, um, and then you escaped. How are you so sure that it was he? Uh, the same way that I'm sure that I'm talking to you right now. It's uh, just basic memory functions um, and uh, also just the level of norepinephrine and epinephrine in the brain. That um, What now? Okay, so we're into the science of memory formation, which kind of opens it up for uh, further discussion. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, the, the first part of that is uh, did something happen to you? And now it's into who did it? Because I... You know, right. I don't I don't I don't know. Maybe she's going to be attacked on whether something even happened at all. I don't know. But um, OK. Codes that neurotransmitter encodes memories into the hippocampus. And so the trauma related experience then is kind of locked there, whereas other details kind of drift. So what you are telling us is this could not be a case of mistaken identity. Absolutely not. Wow. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Wow. Uh, Miss, uh, it could not be. Mitchell for Senator, for Senator uh, Hatch. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, when we were uh, stopped, you were going to tell us a third uh, correction that you wanted to make on that statement, or I'm sorry, the letter to uh, Senator Feinstein. This again. It's, it wasn't a correction, but I just wanted to comment on it since we were looking at this letter, um, that I did see Mark Judge once at the Potomac Village Safeway after the time of the attack. Mm -hmm. And it would be helpful with anyone's resources if to figure out when he worked there, if people are wanting more details from me about when the attack occurred. If we could find out when he worked there, then I could provide a more detailed 
timeline as to when the attack occurred. Well, that seems odd okay. that she can't remember. I mean, is, not even like not a correction in your state. It's just, no. the year okay. of the month. Or, um, seems odd. Right. Yeah, it does. That it would be also, such a traumatic experience, but not remember it was July before I went to school. Or right, whatever. right, right. You took your polygraph huh. test. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, and I, I see corrections on that where you crossed out. So I will go on to the Washington Post article that was okay. originally published on September 16th of this year. And should I just not look at this for accuracy or we're just going to leave that be? We may okay. come back to it if okay. we need to refer to it. Okay. Um, on the Washington Post article, um, did, did you submit to an interview by a reporter with the Washington Post for that article to be written? Correct. Okay. And then finally was the statement that you provided this morning. Uh, I assume that to the best of your recollection that that was accurate. That this whole article is accurate? No, no, no. The statement that you made this morning. Yes. Okay. I want to talk to you about the day that this happened leading up to the gathering. Okay. In your statement this morning, have you told us everything that you remember about the day leading up to that? Yes. Let me ask just a few questions to make sure that you've thought of everything, okay? Um, you indicated uh, that you were at the country club swimming that day. That's my best estimate of how this could have happened. Okay. Um, wow. When you Whoa, wait, wait a second. What is that? What is that? Whoa, it was presented as fact a few minutes ago. That was the best estimate, my best estimate of what might have happened. Wow. That's a different way Whoa. than saying, yeah, yeah, okay. I went from best I was estimate. swimming and diving and went to the party, but wow, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. On the fact that's that you said moment. you went there pretty much every day. <laughs> is that a yes? Yes. Okay. Um, do you recall prior to getting there? So I'm, I'm only talking about up to the gathering. Okay. Had you had anything to drink? Not at all. Okay. Were you on any sort of medication? None. Okay. Do you recall knowing before you went who was going to be at that gathering? I recall that expecting that Mark Judge and Leland would be at that gathering. Okay. Uh, do you recall an expectation that Brett Kavanaugh would be there? I don't recall that whether he, or not I expected that. Okay. Now, let's talk. Try to imagine answering those questions 30, however many years ago, almost 40 years ago. Who are you expecting to being at that gathering? <laughs> I would have just have a sign that I'd hold up like, uh, like Wiley Coyote. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no yeah, idea. No kidding. I, have I no can't idea. imagine. Right. Wow. Uh, the gathering uh, up from the time you arrived till right when you went up the stairs, just that period of time. Okay. Mm-hmm. What was the atmosphere like at the gathering? Um. <laughs> Mr. Kavanaugh and Mr. Judge were extremely inebriated. They had clearly been drinking prior, and the other people at the party were not. Um, the living room. Can I was- ask you just a follow up on that? When you said it was clear that they had been drinking prior, do you mean prior to the time you had gotten there, or prior to the time they had arrived? Pri- prior to the time that they arrived. I don't recall who arrived first, though, whether it was me or them. Okay, please continue. Okay. 
So I recall that the I could I can sketch a floor plan. Um, I recall that it was a sparsely furnished, fairly modest living room, uh, and it was not really a party, like the news has made it sound. Uh, it was not. It was just a gathering that I assumed was going to lead to a party later on that those boys would attend because they tended to have parties later at night than I was allowed to stay out. So it was kind of a pre-gathering. Was it loud? No, not in the living room. Um, besides the music that you've described that was playing in the bedroom, was there any other um, music or television or anything like that that was adding? No. Okay, so there wasn't a stereo playing downstairs. No. I understand her testimony about the hippocampus and all that sort of stuff, but the idea that you have any detailed memory of TV versus radio and the floor plan of the house from 40 years ago no, just, seems, just seems crazy to me. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, where are we on this? We have to take a break. Those for, that have to bail yeah. can bail. So uh, we'll see you in a few minutes on the Armstrong and Getty Show. For the rest of you, we're still here, and we're listening to her recall with great detail something from 40 years ago, which is amazing. Senator Leahy, Dr. Ford, thank you uh, for being here. Uh, Mr. Chairman, you know, the, the way to make this inquiry truly credible is to do what we've always done when new information about nominee comes to light. To use your words this morning, ask General Jackson. You want to reach the truth. The easy way to do that: ask the FBI to investigate. It's what we've always done. Let them investigate. Report back to us. The same applies to the serious allegations made by. I'd like, uh, to, wait, I'd like to point out that for some reason, I guess this is an old white man that we can believe and is, you know, perfectly okay right. to be involved in this. Right. For some reason. The time to have these witnesses testify. Chairman, you and I were both here 27 years ago. At that time, the wow. Senate failed Anita Hill. I said I believed her, but I'm concerned that we're doing a lot less for these three women today. That's my personal view. Now, what Dr. Ford, women? no matter what happens with this hearing today... Is he talking about the thoroughly discredited yeah. other accusers? He's talking about her, Ramirez, discredited. penis in the face, right. and, the, uh, and the woman yesterday with the gang rapes. Right. That's the Avenatti thing, right? So that's the first time that's been mentioned. The Avenatti publicity First stunt. time that's, those two have been mentioned seriously in this hearing. No matter what happens to this nomination, I know, and I hear from so many in my own state of Vermont, there are millions of victims and survivors out there who have been inspired by your courage. I am. Again, back to the... Bravery this is, is about contagious. all of womanhood and sexual Indeed, violence as opposed to the specific... The Me Too movement. It's fine, it's politics. And you sharing your story... Is going to have a lasting, positive impact on so many survivors in our country. And we owe you a debt of gratitude for that, Doctor. Now, some senators have suggested you were simply mixed up about who assaulted you. An ally of Judge Kavanaugh in the White House even promoted a wild theory about a Kavanaugh lookalike. You immediately rejected that theory as did the innocent man who had been called that look-alike. In fact, he sent a letter to this committee forcefully rejecting its absurd theory. That was a bizarre uh, 
little sub chat in the record. Now, how did you know Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge? And is it possible that you would mix them up with somebody else? No, it is not. And the person that was uh, blamed for the incident is actually the person who introduced me to them originally. So he was a member of Columbia Country Club, and I don't want to talk about him because I think it's unfair, but he is the person that, that introduced me to them. But you, you would not mix up somebody else with Brett Kavanaugh, is that correct? Correct. Or Mark Judge. Correct. Well, then let's go back to the incident. What is the strongest memory you have? I wonder if at some point they're really going to get into some of the memory study stuff that you've talked about. Because all of this is based on a really, really old memory. Uh, while intoxicated, yeah. which which matters. Um, back to uh, Senator Leahy, who was accused of uh, Strong. molesting Mrs. Lincoln. <laughs> wow. Wow, the ageism. Memory of the incident. Something that you cannot forget. Take whatever time you need. Indelible in the hippocampus is the laughter, the la- the uproarious laughter between the two, and they're having fun at my expense. You've never forgotten that laughter. You've never forgotten them laughing at you. I can believe that. They were laughing with each other. Right. I don't think it was him, but I think that happened, and I can believe you you'd never forget it. The well, w- wasted high school boys doing you know, stupid stuff rings true to me. Two laughed. And hurtful two, fr- two friends having a really good time with one another. Let me enter into the record. Uh, okay, well, he's, well, the old man's entering stuff into the record. I'd like to point out, and this is a controversial point of view, that when you're talking about wasted high school boys doing stupid, stupid things, uh, some of them may be uh, much, much more hurtful than they could ever realize until they are much older and develop an adult conscience. And that my personal opinion is you have to look at the rest of their lives to see whether that was an indication of their souls or whether that was wasted high school boys doing stu- being stupid. I think those are very different things. Has at times been criticized what she doesn't remember from 36 years ago. Welcome back to the testimony. Uh, Ford's being uh, questioned or talked to by a Democrat at this point. behavior, sciences, education, lapses of memory are wholly consistent. The severe trauma and stress of assault. I'd ask consent that be entered. Without objection, so ordered. And Dr. Ford, I'll just conclude with this. You do remember what happened, do you not? Very much so. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Uh, now, uh, Did he Ms. just Mitchell die? For Senator Graham, and then I it's don't, my understanding. I don't he think, expired. Uh, that, I don't think he died. Like I think he's break. okay. So we're going to take a break? Does that work for you? Does that work for you as well? well uh, we, we're here to accommodate you, not oh, to accommodate you. us. I know, I'm used to being collegial. So. Okay, go ahead. Miss uh, <laughs> uh, Mitchell for Senator Graham. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, you told uh, Senator Feinstein in your letter that you and four others were present. You've corrected that today to say it was at least four others. When you were interviewed by the Washington Post, you said that there were four boys present at the party. 
Um, and then in your polygraph statement, you say there were four boys and two girls. When you say two girls, was that you and another or was that two other girls? That was me and one other girl. And that other girl's name? Leland. Uh, Leland Kaiser now? Correct. Okay. Um, so then would it be fair to say at least PJ, Brett Kavanaugh, Mark Judge, Leland Ingram at the time, mm -hmm. And yourself were present, and possibly others. And one one other boy. So there were four. There were four boys. I just don't know the name of the other boy. So. Have you been contacted by anybody saying, "Hey, I was at that party too"? No, I haven't okay. talked with anyone from that party. Okay. Now, you've you've been detailed about what happened once you got up the stairs, and so I don't need to go through that again. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I just realized that I said something that was inaccurate. I said I hadn't spoken with anyone from the party since that I've spoken with Leland. Okay. okay. Thank you for correcting yeah, that. I appreciate you. that. You've gone into detail about what happened once you went up the stairs, so I don't feel like it's necessary to go over those things again. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Have you told us everything that you do remember about it? I believe so, but if there are other questions, I will. I can attempt to answer them. Okay. Um, you said that the music was solely coming from that room. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And it was turned up once the three of you were inside that room. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, at some point, do you recall it being turned down? I don't remember if it was turned down once I was leaving the house. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Likely, since I could hear them walking down the stairs very clearly from the bathroom. Okay. And the bathroom was, door was closed when you heard this, is that correct? I could hear them very clearly hitting the walls, okay. going down the stairwell. Um, in fact, in your letter, uh, you said that they went down the stairs and they were talking with other people mm -hmm. in the house. Correct. Uh, were you able to hear that conversation? I was not able to hear that conversation, but I was aware that they were downstairs and that I would have to walk past them to get out of the house. Okay. Now, let me make sure we're on the same page. Were you not able to hear the conversation or not able to understand the conversation? I couldn't hear the conversation. I was upstairs. Okay. How do you know there was a conversation? I'm just assuming since it was a social gathering, people were talking. I don't know. Okay. In I your letter, hear them you... talking as they went down the stairwell. They were laughing and. Okay. In your letter, you wrote both loudly stumbled down the stairwell. At which point, other persons at the house were talking with them. Mm -hmm. Does that ring a bell? Yes, I had to walk past everyone to leave the house. So, okay. Not your letter. I'm not understanding. I'm sorry. Okay. Your um, next sentence. Let me try to clarify this. Uh, after you said other persons at the house were talking with them, the letter goes on with the very next sentence. I exited the bathroom, ran outside of the house, and went home. Correct. Okay. You know, I think one possible problem, and I know there's a break coming up that they're going to take. One possible problem is I think this prosecutor woman is treating it like a courtroom, and it's not a courtroom. It's public opinion, and that's all that's going to matter. Right, and or... I'm not sure she recognizes If you're questioning that. an alleged victim, um, you have unlimited time. 
And and she's trying to build very slowly to what she's getting at. Right. Again, I hope she's weighed out the total amount of time she's going to get. Right. Getting back to the she's treating it like a courtroom and not a TV show, which it is. And people are going to make a determination based on this or that. Mm -hmm. You do not remember how you got home. Is that correct? I do not remember. Okay. Other than I did not drive home. Okay. I'm going to show you if somebody could provide to you a map of uh, the various people's houses at the time and if you could verify that this is where you were living at the time where i was living at the time yes okay Okay. mr chairman do we have a copy of these documents you do not have a copy you want one we can get you one yes before the questions begin so we can follow the testimony get a mimeograph okay my staff says that we should not provide the copy. No, nope, we will provide the copy. <laughs> we will provide the copy. Yeah, well, wow. Speak plainly with me, please. Oh, sure. Wow. I'd like to see what she's looking at. <laughs> wow. That's probably why they're taking a break. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have another 30 seconds now because I was rudely interrupted. Okay. Wow. Um, Mr. Chairman, uh, Senator Harris, we do have a, a blown up copy of this for the members to view, if that's helpful. Okay, I'm going to put check marks next to homes that I can confirm are the correct locations and then an X or a question mark when I don't know where these people live. I'm only asking you to confirm if that map accurately shows where you were living at the where time. Where I lived at the time. So um, I can't see the street name, but I'm happy to refer to the address what or the neighborhood. Trying to make. Okay, could you tell us that? Yes, it's uh, River Falls. Okay. It's near the, like... Uh, what is the place called? The Naval Research Center on uh, Clara Barton Parkway. Okay, was that a house or an apartment? It was at my parents' home. Man, okay. we're back. Yeah, so right. we're going Good. some sort of weird. They've just given her a map, and she's supposed to put an X next to the house. I don't. I don't know exactly what the point is trying to be made. Uh, it has to do with could she have been there and gotten there and gotten home and. Do these people live where she thinks they did? I don't know if the Republicans went with the right strategy here, but we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, it's a little shaky thus far. Durbin. Mr. Chairman, I ask consent to enter into oh, the man, record. I can't stand um, Dick Durbin. This should be Letters of support for Dr. Ford from her classmates at Holton Arms School, 1,200 alumni of the school, 195 of your colleagues, students, and mentors, 1,400 women who and men who attended D.C. schools, and 50 members of the Yale Law School faculty who are calling for a full FBI investigation. I ask consent to enter these into the record. Without objection, so ordered. Dr. Ford, as difficult as this experience must be, I want you to know that your courage in coming forward has given countless Americans the strength to face their own life-shattering past and to begin to heal their wounds. By example, you have brought many families into an honest and sometimes painful dialogue that should have occurred a long time ago. I'm sorry for what this has done to you and your family. No one, no one should face harassment, death threats, and disparaging comments by cheap shot politicians simply for telling the truth. But you and your family should know that for every scurrilous charge well, and every presumption that tweet, she's telling the truth there. That's interesting. Women and men. It's not exactly a hearing. You, of course, every Democrat on the committee announced before any of this started that they were going to vote against Kavanaugh. Right. For various unspecified reasons. And spend their lives suffering in pain silence. You had absolutely nothing to gain by bringing these facts to the Senate Judiciary Committee. The fact that you are testifying here today, terrified though you may be, 
the fact that you have called for an FBI investigation of this incident, the fact that you are prepared to name both Judge Kavanaugh and eyewitness Mark Judge stands in sharp contrast to the obstruction we've seen on the other side. Wow. The FBI should have investigated your charges wow. as they did in the Anita Hill hearing, but they did not. Mark Judge should be subpoenaed from his Bethany Beach hideaway and required to testify it's under oath. Hideaway. He is he hiding is away. <laughs> he doesn't Judge want any Cabo, part of this. I would too. Believes him. There's no evidence, no witnesses that can prove your case should be joining us in demanding a thorough FBI investigation, but he has not. Today, you come before this committee and before this nation alone. I know you're joined by counsel and family. Other than the prosecutor alone. on the Republican side will continue to ask questions to test your memory and veracity. After spending decades trying to forget that awful night, it's no wonder your recollection is less than perfect. A polished liar can create a seamless story, but a trauma survivor cannot be expected to remember every painful detail. That's True that. That's pretty Senator good. Touche. Leahy has mentioned earlier. One question is critical. In Judge Kavanaugh's opening testimony, which we will hear after you leave, this is what he says. I never had any sexual or physical encounter of any kind with Dr. Ford. I am not questioning that Dr. Ford may have been sexually assaulted by some person in some place at some time. Last night, the Republican staff of this committee released to the media a timeline that shows that they've interviewed two people who claim they were the ones who actually assaulted you. I'm asking you to address this new defense of mistaken identity directly. Dr. Ford, with what degree of certainty do you believe Brett Kavanaugh assaulted you? 100%. 100%. In the letter which you sent to Dr. Feinstein, or Senator Feinstein, you wrote, I have not knowingly seen Kavanaugh since the assault. Okay, so this is unequivocal, and, and that will be weighed by the American people and the senators. I would point out a little more ageism from me, Joe Getty. We're going downward in seniority. Now we're into the merely in their mid-70s crowd. <laughs> and, and the level of acumen, skill, and just the whole damn pace of the thing is picked up considerably. I can't wait till we get to people in their 50s. It's going to be dizzying. <laughs> So we'll hear her respond to this, I guess, and then they're going to take a break, I think. Um, uh, By the way, Chris Wallace has just said on Fox, this has been a disaster so far for the Republicans. Interesting. I think their strategy was not good, but let's get back to it. ...of Falls and River Road, and I was with my mother, and I was a teenager, so I wanted her to go in one door and me go in the other. So... um, I chose the wrong door because the door I chose was the one where Mark Judge was, uh, looked like he was working there and uh, arranging the shopping carts. And I said hello to him. And his face was white uh, and very uncomfortable saying hello back. Uh, and we had previously been friendly at the times that we saw each other over the previous two years, albeit not very many times, we had always been friendly with one another. Um, I wouldn't characterize him as not friendly. He was just nervous and not really wanting to speak with me. And he he looked a little bit ill. How long did this occur after the incident? Uh, I would estimate six to eight weeks. 
Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Before we take a break, uh, I can't let what Durbin, Senator Durbin said, by the way, he's my friend, we work on a lot of legislation together, but uh, you talked about the obstruction from the other side. I ca cannot let it go by what you've heard me say so many times, that between July 30th and September 13th, there were 45 days this committee could have been investigating this situation, and uh, her privacy would have been protected good point. protected good point so something happened here in between on your side that the whole country well not the whole country should have known about it no not know about it. we should have investigated it we'll take a break now for 15 minutes all right fair enough yeah and uh so did grassley uh, just admit that it should be investigated there was, uh, there was a quadruple negative in there, which was difficult to follow. I'm going to need a chart. It, it should have been investigated when they got the information. They should have started investigating it, I guess. And, and you could, and, and certainly honest people can disagree on this point, you could make the point, no, 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 no. You don't get to trot this out the moment we're about to take a vote and then demand a full investigation. You had this information for a long time. This is a ploy and a scam. Get. Now, some people not, might not buy that. We need, That's fine. We're going to take a break ourselves, but I, I think I agree with what Chris Wallace said. I, I think the Republicans really made a miscalculation and that they're looking at this like it's a court of law with endless time to build a very complicated case with a jury taking notes. No, this is a TV audience of people who are taking in a little here and there. And there's going to be generally polls. more at the beginning than the middle and the end. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there are going to be polls at the end of the day and the next couple of days of whether or who you believed. And they're not laying a glove on her because, well, they're not. She, I don't even know what she's doing. It's What's, just too slow paced. She's yeah. building slowly to some sort of conclusion. But, uh, you know, a buddy of mine likes to joke. God hates a coward on the golf course um, when you lay up. The Republicans were cowed into not doing the questioning themselves and trusting someone else who might be skillful, uh, intelligent, full of integrity, and a model citizen, but doesn't quite get the playing field we're on. Right, not a politician. This right. is a TV show, not a court of law. And they need to understand that. We're going to take a break. They're still in break there in Washington, D.C., and we'll get back to it when it happens. Yep, we're going to blow out a bunch of commercials and then... Come back and rejoin things as they proceed, because they are taking a 15-minute break. You know what, we're you know, paused uh, part of that right you now. You know what will be interesting? Is we'll to be back before that. To see if the Republicans stick with this woman, or if Lindsey Graham or somebody says, wait a second, this is a disaster. Let That's me ask some questions. Great call. Great call. It will be Lindsey Graham. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. So when it comes to your... Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. 
Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.